Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. On this episode, we're going to be diving into Doctor Who, or New Who. And as I've mentioned, this is something that I don't really watch. I watched like the old Doctor Who with the big sweaters. I watched that when I was really young. So this is going to be more me moderating. But my panel, they are all huge Doctor Who fans. So it's not going to be a problem at all. But before I introduce our panel, just a couple of quick housekeeping notes. Of course, we are taking listener support for as little as 99 cents a month to $9.99 a month. If you'd like to help the show and also help one Black Lives Matter organization per month, head on over to our anchor page or click listener support in the show notes. And also we have our Redbubble store. So if you need some podcast merch, if you need a new mask, a mug, any of that, head on over there. And remember, 50% of what we see from that will also go to one Black Lives Matter organization per month. Okay, I'm going to have my panel introduce themselves and tell me one thing they're into in pop culture right now. And the wonderful Aaron A., who hasn't been on since, I think it was December 31st, So, but she does so much for the podcast. Like I've said before, she runs our Instagram and Facebook accounts, so I'm very happy to have her on. So, Aaron, what are you into right now? Hi. Yeah, I know. It's been forever since we've done this. Um, I just finished watching Doom Patrol. Uh, it's on HBO Max. And <laughs> Susie's so happy. I'm obsessed with it. I love it so much. Um, I can't even describe. Um, I think I'm just going to start watching it over again right now. So it's it's great. <laughs> I'm getting a lot out of my HBO uh, Max subscription right now. Yeah, I think I've mentioned HBO Max second to Shutter. I think it's number two of the ones I've mentioned. <laughs> I we have been watching Shutter a lot too. I've got my husband started on Shutter and. Um, we watched scare me again the other night. So it was, I listened to the interview, which was fabulous. And then I told my husband, we got to watch this movie again. Like I've seen it already, but you have to watch it. So we watched it again and he really liked it too. Awesome. Awesome. And then Marty returning from our big mouth episode. What are you into? Well, for me right now, uh, this episode is the perfect episode because I am currently rewatching new who with my 12 year old daughter. So that is the the top of the fandom order right now. Although she's also watching Supergirl and The Flash, which I have also watched. And so we have a lot of conversations about, you know, what she thinks between what's going to happen episode to episode. So really, it's Doctor Who, but also some sprinklings of the uh, DC TV universe, the Arrowverse, if you will. Awesome. Awesome. And Meg? So we're actually at the point right now in our weather where we're spending more time outside than inside. So I don't have any new like thing I'm super into as far as aside from Criminal Minds, except Netflix has this new show that I find baffling and somehow I'm not able to stop watching it. It's called Mortgage or Marriage or Marriage or Mortgage. It's one of the uh, one or the other. 
title flips and it's like this couple who are like we only have thirty thousand dollars and we can either have a crazy fun huge wedding or we can put a down payment on a house what do we do and for me it feels like it's very obvious what you what you should do but i am an old married But so and so they have like a real estate agent who takes this couple to a bunch of different houses that they could afford. And then there's a wedding planner who takes them through like all these things that they could do to plan their wedding. And in the end, they decide what they're going to do. And too many of them say they want to spend thirty thousand plus dollars on a wedding instead of a house. And I'm just that's all. So that's what I got for not being really into it. I feel like I'm very interested. I know that was quite a, <laughs> and then the sigh you let out at the end. I'm like, okay. And Susie, I just finished watching uh, this this movie called Detect the Block, and it's like a a sci-fi. <laughs> it's like a sci-fi horror comedy. Uh, it stars Jodie Whittaker, who is the Thirteenth Doctor, and also John Boyega, who is um, of Star Wars fame. <laughs> and I just. I really liked the movie and it's and like the the relationship that like it's this group of boys are facing off like an alien invasion in their like apartment complex and I just really like the relationship that all the boys have with each other and with like those around them I think it's really interesting and the vocabulary is just it's from great bruv isn't it governor I, I I'm so sorry to anyone speaks <laughs> I butchered that, but it's just like it's so interesting to like watch to just to hear them speak. And apparently, the director made sure that they were able to cast and grab actors who could speak in like the dialect that is purely kind of like native to that area of London, like the what could be called like the quote unquote projects. So it's it's really just it's really cool to try to hear them speak. Um, I watched it on Hulu. If anyone else would like to have a look at it. I just, I liked it. I think it's really good. Definitely recommend. I really want to hear you and Carla talk to each other in your English accents. <laughs> oh my God. So it's un- would be the cutest thing in the world. Un- unrelated, but that reminds me one time a friend of mine and I, we full on went into like, he turned himself into like a Southern lady and I turned myself into a stuffy British lady, and we were just arguing about tea for like a good hour. Because <laughs> it was like, mm. oh, we have sweet tea in the South. And I was like, no, 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 darling, no, you, you've got to have it hot. Like, how else would you drink tea? <laughs> it was just like, oh, oh, it's the whole thing. <laughs> well, next time you and Carla are on an episode together, we'll have to make sure that happens. I have an accent <laughs> off. Yeah. And I am. As as you could tell from my reaction, I'm so happy that someone mentioned that movie because that is such a good movie. Oh my god, I love that movie so, 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 so much. I even think if you don't like horror, you could handle it. But it's, I mean, and what it says about society and race and poverty and all that stuff, it is, oh my gosh, I love that movie. So I'm glad someone mentioned that. So I'm I'm into you mentioning that. Um, No. <laughs> What I'm into is I watched this movie called White Lie, and I'm not going to say much about it because I'm actually doing a review for the podcast, so that will be a separate episode. You'll just hear me reviewing the movie, 
Uh, but the main performance is so good. So that's mainly what I'm going to be talking about when I do that review. Um, so, yeah, you can rent that, I believe, on Amazon Prime. So, okay. So let's get into Doctor Who. Like I said, I'm going <laughs> to mainly be moderating it. So, <laughs> so Susie and Meg helped me come up with this outline. After we wrapped up our 100th episode. Uh, and, we many still- and many drinks. <laughs> They told me so. Love it. We'll first start off with the different doctors, and they told me we should talk about number nine through number 13. So we'll start with the ninth doctor, Aaron. So tell me your feelings about the ninth doctor and if there are any favorite episodes you want to mention or anything like that. Okay, I'll start by saying I love everything. I don't have anything bad or mean to say about anything related to Doctor Who. Um, so I'm probably going to be overly positive about everything and people will hate me but I don't care I like it all there's no episode that I dislike but I do really love the ninth doctor um I was not one of those people that watched the old episodes on PBS I had never seen it before the ninth doctor and I remember watching the first episode which is still one of my favorites I know it's like cheesy and weird and low budget and I was like super into it um I think he's great I really love Chris Eccleston. Um, It's unfortunate that he uh, was only able to do one season. I totally understand his reasons and I respect him for that, but it's just sad because I think he would have been really great um, going longer. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the first season was like really um, great building into it. Like I said, I didn't know anything about the series or the previous uh, doctors before that. And it took a while for me to even um, realize that this was like a thing that people were into and like the internet was obsessed (laughs) with it. So um, yeah, I, like I said, I'm overly positive and I love it. Um, I think Rose was a really good episode. The first episode, also the empty child is like just one of the most terrifying things. I think we've talked about my fear of children already. Um, (laughs) Creepy children trying to murder you, not not my favorite, um, and especially ones wearing gas masks. So that's great. Aaron, <laughs> you should watch the episode. There's like 25 so episodes I think you should watch, but um, we'll scold you later if you did or didn't watch the episode I, I recommended. <laughs> You'll scold me later? Is that what you Yeah. <laughs> We're going to come up with a list by the end of this. I know. Like, All right, yes. Aaron. Yeah. It's just going to be Eccleston through Whitaker. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to unroll a scroll and it'll just go yeah. on. Yeah, it'll be like Crowley with this podcast. And then you're going to test the new me podcast. if I don't mention it. If I don't mention it on an episode of what it's what's a thing that I'm into, I'm going to get yeah. in trouble. The next the next episode you record, if you don't say that you're into Doctor Who. Well, well I'm recording two episodes tomorrow. Well, one is an interview, but one of them, yeah, I'm recording so okay. we'll I'll, see. I'll give you to the, my next episode. Yeah, you'll if you don't, you'll break two hearts. There'll be a pop quiz. <gasps> oh, wow. You'll break eight hearts. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Eight math jokes. And, math. <laughs> and Marty, your thoughts on the ninth doctor? I think Eccleston did an amazing job of setting the foundation of this world of this sandbox that we all get to play in. And you know, he he made decisions about how serious he wanted to take it at points because overall he was, he was a pretty serious doctor 
And as especially, you know, we, we look at how the companions impact the doctor just as much as how the doctor impacts the companions. And you can really see how Rose kind of chips away at that harder exterior by the end of it. And like Aaron was mentioning, you know, the empty child and the doctor dances two great episodes where you, you know, you see him kind of like at his sternest and it's like, we got to be serious. We got to get this done. And then at the, at the end of the doctor dances, it's like, we did it. You don't understand. Like it's time to celebrate. Let's be happy. And I feel like if it weren't for the companions, the doctor wouldn't have as much of an evolution in his personality. But uh, the, the favorite episodes for me are, they're they're a combo, the empty child and the doctor dances because it's a, a part one and a part two, and then also Bad Wolf and the Parting of Ways. It's a part one and a part two. Uh, the the emphasis in those is a little bit more on the journey of the companion versus the journey of the doctor, and I think Eccleston does a really good job of letting. Uh, oh my gosh, I forgot her name, Billy uh, Piper. And letting Rose? her kind of, yes, Rose, um, but the actress, yes, Billy Piper, kind of being the star of those episodes, even though her name isn't the one on the title of the show. So that's that's kind of my view on Eccleston. He, you know, he has a nice journey. He he's kind of sets those parameters where yes, you can be serious, and yes, you can be goofy and silly and say fantastic, and you know just be kind of whatever range you want in the middle there. And that, that sets the path for all the other doctors and they get to take it, you know, within those parameters in their own way going forward. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed Eccleston. It was campy and it was cheesy. You know, you could tell the budget was kind of low for the special effects, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's almost like a, a badge of honor where you watch that and you're like, oh, man, that uh, that wasn't as good from like a technical standpoint as the later episodes, because there's clearly money in the later episodes. But they really knew what they were doing and they were, you know, setting out these plot points that would get used and visited in season after season, you know, further and further into the future. And so I guess I'll have to write those episodes down too once I listen back. <laughs> and Meg. Um, I just realized I'm going to have to try and take my sassy pants off because with Marty, with my husband being on here with me, I have to try and cut back on some of my more snarky remarks. <laughs> As if it's um, something I'm not used to. <laughs> I know. Well, it's, so it's interesting. So I got introduced to Doctor Who in a very kind of roundabout way. Marty was watching it, and then I went into labor with our second daughter, and he kept watching it through my labor. Um, I mean, I so, turned around when the doctor said it's time. Yeah, Mother, so I mean, that's how I started watching it, was watching some, I think it was David Tennant's episode. So then I went back and watched the ninth Doctor, and I was like, well, this is kind of low budget and kind of cheesy and campy. Um, but what it does have, well, what it lacks in technical stuff, it really makes up for in storytelling and world building. And especially when you think about when you learn kind of later where this doctor is coming from, this is like right after the time war and coming off of the things he did and the choices he made for that. I think Eccleson did an amazing job kind of showing him as being pretty broken until Rose kind of came and helped him 
get back to humanity is not the right word for it, but because <laughs> he's not human, <laughs> um, but to kind of find joy again or find a purpose again and to not feel so alone. Um, Y'all have mentioned um, my favorite two episodes. The Unquiet Dead is another one that I really like um, when they go to Dickensian London. And just out of sheer cheesy, like, the monsters aren't good, but I I love them so much. The aliens of London with the Slovenes. Slovenes. (laughs) The big fart. The big fart monsters. (laughs) (laughs) it's so it's so cheesy and corny but i i just i love it and yeah bad wolf is great and and empty child and and dr dances holds a special place because we meet captain jack harkness in there and then everybody lives which is we come to find is very rare (laughs) so yeah. I, I got to jump in and, and tease Meg just a little bit because yes, I was, I was absolutely watching Dr. Who while she was in labor. I'm I'm not disputing that, but it's like, he was like, you're she, stuck to this bed. Now you have to watch it. Yeah. You can't reach the remote, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not actually how you got into Dr. Who you had started watching Torchwood first. Oh, and yeah. then I was watching a tenant episode and you go, why are you watching a show with Captain Jack in it? No, yeah, that's and right. I she had, been, she had been teasing me about watching Doctor Who, not realizing that she was watching a spinoff. And I'm like, yeah, no, Captain Jack's in this. You would probably really like it. And then we restarted it, and that was the second time that I rewatched it. So, yeah, just a little, a little pull. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, though. Um, and Susie. Well, yeah, I mean, what, what can I say that hasn't already I mean, I did definitely agree with Marty that uh, Eggleston definitely did kind of like set the groundwork and the foundation for them to start building this like new who kind of generation, I guess you could you could say, <laughs> and like providing like the building blocks and the and everything for that. And it's it's I really like what he did with the Doctor and how he was. In like in a way, he was able to reintroduce it in a new way to like a new generation and have a new group of people fall in love with the character. Like, well, my introduction to Doctor Who is that I had a friend who was like really down for it and like really liked it. And like all through high school, she would have, she would always wear like Doctor Who memorabilia, and I would always be like, "What show is that? What show is that?" <laughs> and she would always tell me, and. My brain being like that of a magpie, I would see a shiny thing and be like, ooh, the shiny thing. And then get distracted and forget to look it up until one day we kind of like sat down and like she showed me some snippets. And I was like, this is red of my alley. <laughs> and like I sought it out and he like Eggleston was definitely like the first doctor. Even though he was the first doctor I saw, he was like the first incarnation that i fell in love with and he's easily one of my like top three favorites just like overall and i do have to say my favorite episodes of of his run even though it was like so heartbreakingly short and i'm grateful that we had him for the time that we did was it was the empty child and the doctor dances that two-parter because yeah it does introduce Mm -hmm. us to jack harkness and he is just so good and John Berryman is just, he's so fun. It's just, 
to just have like I was able to see him at Denver Comic Con and he's he's just he's great. <laughs> like it's he's a really fun presence to have around and also another one that I really enjoyed is The End of the World, which is like the second episode in that series, and it's like the first kind of like off world adventure that he takes his his new companion Rose to, and we are introduced to Cassandra. Moisturize. Moist, moisturize. So we're gonna have to put like just a beige sheet in our in our basement with a face on it and yeah. just put that somewhere in our basement to just be an homage to Cassandra. Oh I love it. You gotta like do your makeup and then just like smush your face into the sheet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like a spin on it, but with your face. <laughs> Meg Sandra. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's the funny thing. I actually think I watched some of these episodes before because I think right after I virtually met you, Meg, right during Mindy Project and we were talking and it could have actually been during Supernatural, too. And you said you have to watch this show. And I started watching it because some of those sound familiar to me. So, <laughs> hey, I did watch some of these. So, <laughs> <laughs> What do you know? OK, so we'll move on to number 10, Aaron. Um, I think really quick, I know, Aaron, your love of um, music. I feel like that scene in the end of the world you would really enjoy because they're on a spaceship. (laughs) It's like five billion years from now. And they're like, and now for some classic Earth music. And it's Britney Spears toxic. (laughs) And everyone's like, this is lovely. So sophisticated. (laughs) Yeah. That's out. That's out. Tainted mind. love next, I think. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> Just the, the 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 music is great. Um, okay, sorry. Tenth Doctor. I get distracted easily with Doctor Who. Um, the, for a long time, the Tenth Doctor was my favorite. I was extremely upset whenever he left and Eleven started. Um, who actually turns out to be my favorite, but. I think he was so great. He had so much emotion. Um, I still like going through preparing for this and trying to write down some of my favorite episodes. I just went through and I've seen every episode like 10 times and I'm like, Oh, that's a good one. Oh, I love that one. That's my favorite. No, (laughs) that's my favorite. I'm like, it's just, um, (laughs) yeah, it's, I can't think of a bad episode that he's been in. Um, Some of um, the really great ones, even the beginning, like Doomsday, um, of like him and Rose on the wall, and just so sad. Um, Okay, I'm just I'm not going to read you my whole list because that (laughs) got out of control. But we, I guess, um, we'll talk about Blink later because I feel like that's probably like its whole own thing. Um, let's see I do think like the Christmas special Voyage of the Damned was um, pretty classic um, but again they don't understand uh, Earth history and they're on a ship called the Titanic and then obviously it doesn't work out um, it's it's pretty great um, Silence in the Library whenever we get introduced to River um, is still oh one of the most tragic yeah i feel like there's a lot of episodes where we could be like they deserve their whole conversation just about them yeah so much um and then whenever he meets donna i think is their dynamic is really really fantastic too and i love donna 
She's the runaway bride. Yeah, the runaway bride and the pockets in the wedding dress. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I I could go on and on, but I'm gonna let other people talk because I know other people have favorite <laughs> episodes too. Um, one more, one more, tooth and claw. Whenever um, with the werewolves and um, the queen, the founding of Torchwood. Right, exactly. Which, um, yeah, we could go on and on about that too, I suppose. But um, yeah, the queen and the royal family and um, getting knighted and banished in the same day was that that episode. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> In like the same five minutes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're a knight. Get out. Get out. I <laughs> never want to see you again. When they like first run into her guards, and he's like, "I've been chasing this wee naked baron all over this countryside." <laughs> I love that it's such a running joke that his and Queen Elizabeth's on and off again relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Marty. Uh, uh, Tenant. Tenant was the one that anchored me as a doctor who fan for life. Uh, all, all of the episodes that Aaron mentioned, I absolutely love the other thing about tooth and claw that I, that I think is interesting is um, I mean, there's, there's like so many, and this is kind of what I love about doctor who as a whole. There's so many things that are called back on like three, four, five seasons later. And to me, that's just sometimes really good writing. You know, you don't, you don't just do that. So you have the ability to do that, but when it actually works out as smoothly as it usually does with Dr. Who, that's one of the things that I absolutely love about it. Like all of just the like mind explosions that you get three or four seasons later and like, wait, that was referencing something from six years ago holy crap, and now it's important, and now that episode carries so much more weight, like the silence in the library. You know, we're introduced to River, and you're like, okay, cool, this is a character that kind of knows him. Weird, all right, whatever. And then later on, you're like, oh, my Lord. That episode just got a 100 times more sad. And, <laughs> you know, like, your emotional range changes after you watch the whole series, and you go back through and you watch it again, you're like... Oh my God, I didn't realize what this really meant. <laughs> and you just struck by it in a whole different way. It's, you know, it's almost like playing with a, a toy as a kid and then you grow up a little bit and you look back on it. And you're like, oh, well, you know, this thing can also do this. And it's kind of like revisiting video games in a certain sense. But yeah, Tenant, Tenant was fantastic. I think for me, the. Yeah, the silence in the library, the forest of the dead, it's two-parter. It's awesome. Um, the other thing that I, I like about the Voyage of the Damned that Aaron mentioned is that's our first introduction to Wilf. We get to meet mm -hmm. Wilf for the first time. And uh, beyond that, though, like if I have to kind of pick my own episodes, I, I really, really like the girl in the fireplace. And that is such a... It's like heartwarming and heartbreaking. And you really kind of know what's coming in the end, but it still hurts. And they just kind of go about it in such a beautiful way. And it's got some of the most iconic one-off monsters that we run into. You know, the, the clock men. They don't make any other appearance 
to my knowledge, in the series. But they are, especially if you see people do really good cosplay of them, it's really, really impressive. It's such a beautiful episode from the experience to the visuals. It, it's just so darn good. The other one that I'd, I'd have to pick is, it's another two-parter. It's Human Nature and Family of Blood. So... <laughs> I intentionally picked different ones because I thought you were picking the ones that I loved, Meg. Too darn bad. <laughs> for for once, I get to go first. Uh, the <laughs> the idea of a uh, time lord kind of giving up his his centuries of consciousness to be human is really really interesting and. Oh my lord, do you get to see David Tennant act in these two episodes? It is it is so powerful to see him just be a person and you see him be this cheeky kind of super smart superhero guy and then he's he's just a guy and he's afraid and he doesn't have all of everything that he's experienced and he's just so raw like he's just an open-ended nerve in this time of crisis and to have Martha be there, just be like, I, you have to do this. There's, there's no other way. It's gotta be you. You have to leave this beautiful life that you've established and save literally the world. And for him to make that decision and you can really, really see in my opinion the doctor changed after he came back from that when, when he reabsorbed his consciousness and when he came back, he was aware of what he gave up and David Tennant carried that through with the rest of the character. And he, he was a little more guarded with his feelings and, it took longer for people to make an impact on him. And for that reason, and especially his punishment, because you could tell that he like, normally he's like, I'm going to give you the chance to do the right thing. And he's like, all right, I gave you the chance. You didn't right, do the right thing. Now I'm going to take out all of the pain and the anger that you caused me on your family of blood. And the way that he punished those aliens in that episode, you're like, okay, this guy still carries a real big stick in terms of if he wants to set your world ablaze, he can absolutely do it. And it's going to be in a way that you will never escape from. So I, I got to stop. Otherwise I'll just keep talking forever. <laughs> okay. Meg, do you have any left that you wanted to mention? I, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I like, I still have stuff even after Aaron and Marty. Um, so I absolutely adore tenant. I think if we talk about Eccleson doing a good job kind of setting the bar of where the doctor is mentally after the time war and everything like that. Tennant really gets any it's, I, I think it's solely because he has more seasons. It's hard to do in one season when you're introducing a character and then really yep. delving into their psyche. Um, Tennant really gets into the trauma and the psyche and the guilt and rage that the doctor feels still, um, which is just amazing. And when we talk about Matt Smith with the 11th, we get to see even more of that. And it's one of the things that's so impressive about this show is we have different actors playing the same character, but they're still not the same character. There's little changes and shifts and iteration, but every, every person before that or every doctor before that is informing it, but they have their own personality quirks and their own weird things. Um, Tenet was just 
he was amazing. I feel like so many more people, when they watch Doctor Who, feel like I feel like they get introduced to Tennant, and then they watch from then on, and then go back and watch Eccleston because of the budget issues. I think, um, but yeah. So, but yeah, Human Nature and Family of Blood. Marty touched on that. Science of the Library, Forest of the Dead. River Song is probably one of my favorite characters ever of any show. <laughs> um, so Silence of the Library and Forest of the Dead were amazing to see, and I'm not going to do too much about that. Um, another one where we can see how destructive the Doctor can be if he doesn't have that tether or that anchor is Water on Mars. And that's one of my all-time favorite episodes. It's so creepy and I remember, like, shortly after that episode came out, or I, or I saw it, there was something in the paper that they discovered, like, ice on Mars. At one point, there was water. And I was just like, don't drink the water! It was... It, yeah. Um, Journey's End was really good when we end... I think it's The Stolen Earth and Journey's End is a two-parter. It might even be a three-parter where it's turn left, and that's kind of the end of Donna's story, and that breaks my heart. I feel like... Hearing what we're talking about of our favorite episodes, all of us are really into the pain (laughs) (laughs) of Doctor Who because there are funny episodes and more laid back episodes, but all of us (laughs) have been talking about the really, really painful (laughs) ones. Um, And then the end part one and two, like that last line, I don't want to go, just rips me apart. Um. But yeah, I love. It. I could I could talk about Tenant for a really really long time. Like the Doctor's daughter, which is adorable because he wound up marrying. Yeah, that's where he met his wife. <laughs> Who is the fifth Doctor's actual daughter in real life? Plays the tenth Doctor's daughter, who David Tennant marries. Gets very convoluted. <laughs> <laughs> like all timey wimey things do. <laughs> Susie. Yeah, um, yeah, I really love like Tenant's Doctor. As I said before, you know, like before that ninth was in like one of my top three. I think like David Tennant's tenth is like my number one, <laughs> my all time favorite like, for sure. Um, it's just he like throughout the series and the whole series run that he's given, he's just like so charismatic and and likable and really adventurous adventure seeking but he also has like this like if you piss him off he will like ignite like a stick of dynamite and just like come at you like full force like no no holds barred like he will get you and that's a really like and something about like you can really and and in all the acting that he does like throughout the series you can really tell like how much like this role means to him because I don't know if people would know that uh, people probably know this but um, for anyone not aware he used to watch Doctor Who as a kid and he really loved it and that was like one of his biggest like dreams is was to be able to play the doctor and then he gets that chance and then you know later on he marries like one of the doctors <laughs> one of the past doctors <laughs> kids in real life and it's just like a further integration into that like whole kind of like family system and the role just like means so much to him you can see it in the way that he acts and that he interacts and and such with like everyone around him and how much care he brings to the role i think it's just it's really great um my personal favorite of episodes are more kind of like the comedy ones. 
Because there's a balance. The tragic ones I save for when I need to have like a good cry. You know, like when you haven't cried in a while, you need to get that like release. Yeah, that's me poking the potato so that I can put it in the microwave and let the steam go off. That's that's what I do with but like and something that I really love about Doctor Who is like all these different like characters and worlds that were brought to and that's actually some of my favorite parts are the episodes where we get to explore that so stuff like New Earth when he comes to new 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 York and he goes to the hospital with the cat nurses and he meets the face of Bo and then we get like the the clones that the cat nurses have created and it's, it's like a whole thing, but it's it's really interesting. He's like, oh, the grass smells of apples. Like, oh, yeah, that's that's a nice touch. Like, I like that. Our daughter is, like, horrified by the cat people. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're so cool. I'm like, imagine the hours that they probably spent in the makeup chair. Oh like, I yeah. would, like, I would love to do that. Just, like, be, like, a bit actor in, like, a show or something. Like, I don't care if I have to spend hours in a makeup chair. And then be like on scene for like five seconds. As long as I get like that, like oh yes, this like turn me into one of the cat ladies. I'm good. It's a lot of time. I was a movie extra. It is. I was a movie extra, and I didn't have any prosthetics, obviously. But just putting on the clothes and getting your hair kind of set. I had I like had to sleep in rollers and stuff, and then they would do my hair, and it was like ten or twelve hour days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, making a being on a movie set and making a movie, it is so much work. People don't realize it takes, I mean, that's why it's a miracle when any movie gets made because it's just mm-hmm. so much. And it's a lot of hurry up and wait. So yeah. yeah. Like a lot of that. Yeah. But I just like, I feel like <laughs> kind of all that would be worth it just to have like, oh, the, yeah. like the privilege or the opportunity to just be part of something like that. And I feel oh, like yeah. that's so cool. <laughs> My inner nerd coming out. <laughs> Um, also, uh, yeah, I really like also like the girl in the fireplace. Like that one makes me cry every time. Like I know it's coming. I know, mm-hmm. I know the end is coming. And but yet I'm like, oh, but it's so and romantic. Like, and, he's, and he's like, she waited for you. She left you this letter. And he's like, I, I, and the, Louis the Thirteenth, Fourteen. He's like, I knew I wasn't like her one true love or like the only man in her life. And I'm just like, oh. Uh, there's another episode that i really like that's not really like too much uh it's not too like doctor centric he really comes in more towards the end and that's love and monsters and i i enjoy it because um like our main character in that um in that episode let me look up his name really quick i have him like right here elton Elton. Elton, yes. And Elton, I love how he finds this group of like people who've also had experiences with the doctor. And I, I love how they just become this really awesome group of friends. Start a band. Start a band. <laughs> ELO cover band. ELO. Oh my god, so cute. And I'm well, it's, so, it's so cool oh, to god. see like the after effect of the doctor or the other side when he's gone. Oh, it's like it's so sweet but also i like fast forward through it to the end because it just it it pisses me off when that dude comes in 
And he's like, no, we're just going to do research and just find him. And, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, oh, I hate you so much. I don't want you here. <laughs> so if you like the happier, so, the funnier ones, you've got to like adipose, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> the best. I love so like cute. I want to in the window and they're like. I have had on probably my Christmas and birthday list for the past like four or five years a tank top with a picture of the adipose that says working my adipose off. And I just want a little, I just want it to work out. (laughs) Someday you'll get that, right? Yeah. Yeah. From his whole run, like overall, my favorite one, like my top, like number one favorite, like this is the one I'm going to show people is Unicorn and the Wasp. Because, like, it, like, oh, out of, okay, this is going to come up in the companion talk, but my, like, my top, my number one companion that I just love to death is Donna. And her whole run that she has with the Doctor is just one of my most favorites. Because, like, in that episode, um, in the uh, uh, Partners in Crime, he... He tells her, he's like, oh, I'm just looking for a mate. And her comeback <laughs> is like, you're not mating with me, sunshine. <laughs> Keep your distance. He's like, no, I just had a friend. She's like, oh, okay, yeah. She's like, that's better be all you're after. And it's just like, it's two pals having adventures. And that's that's just my most favorite. And they're at their, I feel like that's like at their peak when they're at, um, unicorn and the wasp because they meet agatha christie and they're doing a whole murder mystery bit and it's 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 so good it's so good copyright donna noble (laughs) (laughs) and and there's just like a scene where he gets poisoned he's like i need some salty salty and she gives him salt and he's like no it's too salty (laughs) give me peanuts (laughs) it's just like the holy shit she's like i need a shock i need a shock you need a shock yeah and she like plants one on him and he's like oh that works (laughs) Oh, it's so good. So good. I love it to bits so much. Oh, my God. Great. Okay, well, let's move on to number 11. And what I'll ask this time is just maybe, like, if you guys have top threes or top five episodes. Erin. Oh, sorry. I I got carried away. I'm so sorry. No, everyone did. It's fine. I think she knows going into 11 that this is going to take a while. (laughs) Um, 11 is my absolute favorite of all time. And it's funny because I was so mad watching the first episode of um, season five. I was just like, how dare they? I'm so like, no one's ever going to be better than 10. Like, you can't do this. (laughs) Um, And then uh, that that episode, the 11th hour is one of my favorite episodes of all time. I've probably seen that more than any other episode. Uh, I can literally recite it by heart. I know this because when I'm sitting at the dentist and they're cleaning my teeth, I run through line by line to distract myself because I'm terrified of the dentist. Um, It's also um, one of my favorite cosplay to do too, um, is the doctor from that episode. Um, It's just so good. And Amy and the doctor, I think, are my two is my favorite combination. Um, Amy and Rory are by far my favorite companions. And I think the way Amy and the doctor are with each other, I think that's the 
the dynamic they have and they're just truly just best friends. Um, it's just so great. I want to be Amy. She's just my favorite person. <laughs> um, I think uh, the time of angels and the flesh and stone episodes are also really good. I, I like the weeping angels and this is, I like these episodes better than blink, which I know is probably unpopular, but um, <laughs> I, I like these uh, a lot, especially because um, rivers in them as well. Um, and then the same thing, Vincent and the doctor, I've probably seen that the, my next most, maybe 99 times and a hundred for the other one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the the big bang episode too because it's just it, i think any of them with um the the doctor and amy and rory um, are really really my favorites uh i can't think of one that i wouldn't watch a hundred times um clara i liked also but i was still really heartbroken about um Amy and Rory leaving. And so I watched those episodes and I liked them and they were fine. And going back and rewatching them, I do like them a lot more now that like my heart has healed a little bit. So I, I like Clara and the doctor as well, but definitely um, like season five and six and even seven, I'll take seven. Um, were really my favorites out of, out of the whole series so far. And then Marty. So this is exactly where we are with my daughter right now. We just finished Vampires of Venice. And oh she's she is like just absorbing everything Amy Pond. She's like, ooh, that's an awesome outfit. I'm like, hell yeah, it is. And she's like, ooh, I like that style. I'm like, make a list. I'll go cosplay topic. everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She just did a really big chore to earn money so she could cosplay as Jody Whitaker. But uh, yeah, I 11th hour Matt Smith said 11th hour was his favorite episode and boy does it show it's it's really cool like Meg had said earlier how uh Eccleston set the foundation and then Tennant really started to explore the range it's almost like a pendulum and they're seeing how much farther each doctor can kind of push that boundary and because you see in my opinion you see more overt over the top silliness from Matt Smith, mm -hmm. but you also do see more unbridled rage. Like a good man goes to war. Ooh. Yeah. And the Pandorica opens big bang. That's out of all of the speeches. My favorite is Amy's speech that she gives at her wedding. And like that, you, you talk about, you know, needing a good, healthy cry. Mm -hmm. That's that, that's a good, healthy, super happy cry for once <laughs> where it's like everything turned out the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. But like this is the heart of River and River's my favorite character. And so for that reason, the impossible, <laughs> the impossible. I, what do you mean, thief? I watched the show before you. Uh, <laughs> the impossible astronaut in the day of the moon are a couple of my favorites because you get to see a really big payoff that has been laid out for a couple seasons. And that's, I think that's one of the first big payoffs with a multi-season callback. So I also think 
that Clara kind of got done dirty. She was really set up to have a, an awesome, cool, interesting arc with Smith. And they were setting her up as the impossible girl. And I'm like watching this. I'm like, this is going to be so cool. They got all these different things they can do. And they're like, and then he met an old, she met an old guy and then she was confused. And then they decided not to be companions. Uh, but that's for a different part of this conversation. So I will, I will keep it shorter <laughs> this time and say 11th hour impossible astronaut day of the moon. Awesome. And Meg. Okay. Um, this is this is hard. So Matt Smith is probably my favorite. I love David Tennant, um, but Matt Smith he just like Marty said he he's kind of like a giant puppy in a lot of ways. But then when you see a good man goes to war, which is when you can really see how how bad he can actually be. Like if he doesn't have someone to kind of keep him in check, he can be a complete monster. And there's a line in there and he's just like, um, and I can't remember the, the character's name who's with the eye patch thingy, who's talking about he's being a good man and everything like that. And he has all these rules and he's just like, good men don't need rules. Now is not the time to ask why I have so many. And I was like, that felt like it really kind of hit the nail on the head about kind of how the doctor feels about himself. Um, anything with the weeping angels, I love the weeping angels are probably my favorite monster. I just, they're so scary, but also so benevolent in such a weird way because they just let you live to death (laughs) (laughs) in a different time, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, a good man goes to war is probably one of my favorites. We get a huge, huge kind of, I won't say it because spoilers, um, (laughs) We, there's a huge kind of thing that we learned that has been literally seasons and seasons in the making. It's just so cool. Um, the Wedding of River Song is another one because I I I love, like I said, I love River Song. There's so many though. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to do three, Aaron. I'm sorry, but I'll go through them. I'll go through them quick. Um, the Rebel. Flesh I knew and... I knew you would rebel against. This. I always always <laughs> speaking of the Rebel Flesh. <laughs> And the almost people as a is a two parter, which is good. Let's go kill Hitler, or let's kill. Yeah, Hitler. let's kill Hitler. That's awesome. Is fun, Vincent. I I can't stop. I'm I'm not going to be able to because Matt Smith seasons one through three are her favorite. Are my favorites, <laughs> and I and that's probably he's probably the uh, eleven is probably the doctor who has the episodes I rewatch the most. So I can't, I can't, I will not shut up. And yeah, okay. Clara was absolutely done dirty. And I feel bad because it made me hate a lot of stuff. So I'll shut up now. <laughs> Susie. On that note. <laughs> I'm just going to have a recording of Aaron from now on saying, you need to wrap it up. That way I don't get in trouble. And Meg actually wraps it up. <laughs> yeah, just, have it at, just have it as a button. And then just like push yeah, it. Not the easy up. button. An Aaron button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time I think I've even remotely listened to Aaron when she says. It's true. Your body. Oh, here's one. Here's one. Okay. <laughs> I really, another episode also of, of Matt Smith's that I really enjoy is closing time when he comes like to visit an, his one of his old friends, a previous acquaintance, and he finds that he has a baby and he starts talking to the baby. Like he understands what the baby is saying. He's like, oh yeah, uh, my baby's name is Alfie. And he goes, 
No, it's not. It's, it's Stormageddon, Dark Lord of All. <laughs> Maybe name himself, but it's just great. Like, I really hope that in the future there's a comeback to that. And the yeah. doctor, of course, I speak baby. Like, this, this kid or this adult, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm Storm again." And didn't you know? Like, <laughs> like it, it'd be great. But I'm really hoping that sometime in the future that there is a callback to that. It'd be awesome. Um, and it's not necessarily like an episode along like the main series. It's more like a special, and it's the 50th anniversary special, the Day of the yes. Doctor. I really, yes. really enjoy that one, and. Mainly because it pairs Matt Smith up with um, with David Tennant as it, like the two different doctors meeting together, and then they come across the War Doctor who is talking to like the moment who is um, shows himself as Rose, and and at a certain point in the episode, he just goes, "Oh, I love you, Bad Wolf Girl," and you see Tennant's Doctor going, "What? <laughs> What'd you say?" it's just oh it's i really like that one like that is one of my most favorite specials especially the end where well all the doctors come together i think that's really that's really cool it's one of my favorites (laughs) okay and i don't know if it'll be the same struggle with the 12th doctor but is it the same (laughs) struggle (laughs) erin Can I use my 12th Doctor time to continue to talk about 11? Yeah, can I use, <laughs> can I use it? I was going to ask the same thing. Because that would have been a better use of See, we have plenty wow. of time to talk about 11 because I feel like 12 is going to go real like, kind of quick. I go fast. I mean, I'm really disappointed in you guys because no one um, mentioned the Doctor's wife because that was on page two of my yes. list. I realized there was like five more episodes on my next page. Like- well, hey, part of the outline is any other episodes we like, so that'll be another 45 oh, I forgot minutes. that I put that on. Yeah, I was going to erase that, actually, while I erased <laughs> She knew better. Like, it'll, be, it'll, they see. it'll be like the fine print at the end of a commercial, and we'll just say a bunch of episodes really fast. I think that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. So you don't have okay. anything you want to say on the show? I do. <laughs> the 12th Doctor is okay. Um, again, I'm still heartbroken about 11 but I like the 12th doctor he's much darker and like meaner and grumpy I don't think I ever liked how just like grumpy and like kind of generally rude he is um I get it's like he's part of his charm or something but I didn't love it I did love um Missy that that's when we get into Missy um (laughs) she's fantastic um She's the best part about that whole doctor. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. Um, there's good episodes in there, though. Um, like the guy, Zygons, the episodes with the Zygons. Um, and Oswin mm-hmm. is really great. But what else? Um, I do really like Bill. Uh, I'll say that. I think how, I don't know, confident she was. And I how it's just sassy and I think she kind of is what made him be less grumpy at that point I don't know I don't know if he was just growing on me or if he seemed less grumpy with her around she was just like calming him down I do think that there's going through my list there is good episodes there um and he's okay but he's he's no Matt Smith I'll tell you that he's okay (laughs) should have left him in Pompeii (laughs) 
exactly what you did there. I love that retcon, though. I won't lie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we got to, we, we did get Amy out of Pompeii, so yep. we'll give him that. So, Marty, are your thoughts then the same as Aaron's, it sounds like? <laughs> yeah, they're they're really similar. And what sucks is, I, and I've talked about this with Meg, and I go first, so yes, dear, I'm going to steal from you again. I I think that the writers looked at Peter Capaldi's body of work as an actor and said, oh, he's really good at playing this type of character. Let's make the doctor this type of character rather than sticking to kind of the the mythos that had been laid by the previous three and extending upon that. So they're like, oh, well, this guy is good at playing Dark and Dower, so we're going to do Dark and Dower. And it took a long time for them. And honestly, I didn't put two and two together until you said it, Aaron, but I think you're spot on. I think Bill softened that edge because I had the exact same experience where it's like, okay, this first season was like, Oh boy, I got to like tell myself to push play on Dr. Who. This is weird. And after I got through that, and again, it's like, that's where the whole Clara thing fell apart. We get to meet Missy. Missy is my favorite version of the master. I think all of the versions of the master have been very good, but I think Missy is my favorite because she's just like, she's, she's heartless about it. And she's so happy about that heartlessness. And she just like, that's what she takes joy. And she's like, Oh, that's right. You forgot I'm the master. I kill for fun. And that that interaction, I think, might start to shift the doctor. But if I had to pick episodes that I liked from 12, the robot of Sherwood was cool because I like Robin Hood. <laughs> uh, and then I thought... Uh, it just it just hit me a second ago. I'll, I'll talk about a different episode first here. The regeneration episode I thought was really good. I thought Twice Upon a Time was really, really good. It was giving nice closure to something that I think by that time they could tell people weren't really digging. <laughs> and I thought it was handled pretty darn well. Uh, the other episode, I can't think of the title, but it's the one where he's trapped in like his own little time loop where he has to like punch Damn his way Marty. through the diamond wall. That's, <laughs> that's to me where Capaldi was worth watching. That's where it started through the end of his run. That's where I thought he excelled. Um, Sonic shades. No, I'm sorry. Ugh. That never existed too bad. I would rather it have been a Sonic guitar because at least that's Sonic, but Sonic Shades, for real, that was the dumbest thing in the world. But, yeah, Robot of Sherwood, <laughs> Twice Upon a Time, and whatever I just pissed Megan off with. <laughs> well, you just know my feelings. Okay, so it I just, this year, actually started re-watching Capaldi, Capaldi's seasons. Um, I think part of it was I really did not like Clara by the end of Matt Smith's seasons. Um, she had so much potential and they ruined it and it made me kind of not like her. I loved Amy and Rory so much that it was really, really hard for me to say goodbye to them. This was also the first time I'd actually watched a regeneration into a new doctor live. 
and not just part of like a binge watching or catching up. So it was really tough for me to get a new doctor with a companion that I really didn't like coming off of Matt Smith and, and the ponds. So I, the first time when it first started coming out, I watched until the robot of Sherwood, which I think is episode four. And I hated that episode. (laughs) I was like robots in the woods. Okay. I'm checking out. And that's, and I stopped watching for a really long time. Marty got me to watch listen, which was the next episode after that. So listen was really good. Um, the husbands of river song. I liked because river was there (laughs) and it tied off. It just, it tied the bow in the river storyline the Reverend Doctor storyline so beautifully when we find out how long a night <laughs> is there on Derillium. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love that episode. Um, the mummy on the Orient Express, I guess. And yeah, the one where he punches the diamond wall. I can't think of it because I did watch them really fast, so I didn't get a chance and I haven't watched them over and over again. Um, so I didn't really get a chance to know the titles, but as far as the 12th doctor goes, I think Marty, you're absolutely spot on. There was no pendulum, at least with other doctors. There's a lot of darkness, but there's also like bits of levity and light in there. And it felt like Capaldi was just heavy all the time. And it was just like, there were no goofy episode breaks. And as much as I love angst, it was just, it was too much. And I love when Bill came in. I felt like it was great to have a companion who was not romantically interested in the doctor, who wasn't in love with them, with him. And I think that really shifted it a bit for me because I just, I never really bought Clara and the doctor as a romantic pairing at all. But I feel like I'm really alone in that opinion <laughs> in a lot of ways. So. But yeah, that's, see, I, I'll shut up. I'll be quick about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Susie, do you share the same views here? I'm trying to, to think of how I can phrase this in the nicest way possible. <laughs> it wasn't fun. <laughs> Capaldi is fine. You know, like when you grab those bags of like the really cheap cereal and you really want like the name brand, but this is what you get for now. And you're like, it's fine. I Susie's mean, he's a McDonald's hamburger. Susie's yeah. calling us out right now, Marty. We buy that bag cereal for our kids. Oh, I buy it too. <laughs> I buy it too. It's fine. It's, no, I don't well, we buy it for our kids. Technology. Not for us. <laughs> you will eat fruity dino bites and you will like it. I don't know, like, as a kid growing up, I always wanted, like, the name brand cereal, but we can only afford, like, the bag cereal. And you're like, but that's, I've had that before, and I wish to have it again. <laughs> they can't write them all. So, this will scratch the itch, sure. It's it's kind of like that. Not to say anything against Capaldi, because he is, he's a great actor. I, and I've watched many of the other works that he's in, and he does an amazing job. He's really good. It's just that is like again another analogy it's like when you're walking through mud and your shoes just kind of like stick to it a little bit and you're like i need to get to the other side of this road and the mud's like no, Sean, that, you're describing me trying to get to jody whitaker <laughs> <laughs> it's just like release me and the mud's like no, no. And you're like oh god 
it's it's kind of like that like it's it's fine it's not like great but you know what can you do like you you slough through it to get to like the more desirable bits um yeah i i mean i like i liked him i liked his run more when bill came in because that's just when it started to get more enjoyable like as was mentioned before by everyone else like she did soften the edges and make him less of like a I'm a grumpy old man get off my lawn type of deal and <laughs> yes I do and I 100% agree with Marty like it should have been a like a sonic guitar because that would have fell more in line with the character he's always playing the darn guitar why not do that and with Capaldi's a guitar a really good musician yes. like they could have leaned into that just got like like glasses yeah slay some daleks with a guitar with a really sick riff but then it basically turns into like a tenacious d movie (laughs) i mean i would i would have preferred that over those the sloth that we got yeah yeah that would have been great um i mean i really like the nice with bill and they go to like victorian era london and anyone who knows me knows i like a good like period piece I, I just I like looking at the outfits and the costumes. It's really fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Doctor Falls is another one that I really like. <laughs> it like marks the end of Capaldi's run as <laughs> before the special. But I I really like it because at the end, um, Bill is able to go be with Heather in that moment. Like that was yeah. one that of was sweet. that what, was yeah. that what was is... the moment that made me cry. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, go be happy. So that is that the episode where Bill becomes a site like the water. What, what's the one with the different the different time? Oh, the spaceship. That's the one, and... mm-hmm. I think isn't it? No, it's the one before that. I think or the yeah, one. where she's like down there waiting for ten years for yeah. him to basically cross the room a few floors above. Yeah, she's watching the screen. And she's like, look, he's thinking. He's yeah, I like dark. I like that episode. It, it, that cracked me up. I was like, oh my god, it's gonna take the forever. That, that was funny and heartbreaking. It was, but just like the end when she's like, oh yeah, we get to travel the stars together. I'm like, yes, you go travel those stars. Oh my god. <sighs> like yeah, that's like one of like the good parts is Bill's whole like arc and how she gets to have a happy ending at the end. <sighs> Good. Yeah, it's kind of like good on you, Capaldi. You went out there, you did it. You may not have liked it, but you did it. Art <laughs> is not for everyone. It's not. <laughs> so then, this is one that I don't have to worry about trying to watch before everybody yells at me. Oh God, no! Correct. Like I feel yeah. like if you watch it, you just skip it. Like no one would be mad at you. Yeah, you could skip twelve, and honestly, they. They went with Whitaker season as an entry point for new people. They yeah. they designed it and built it f- with that stance in mind. Okay, okay. Because yeah, so, yeah I think Capaldi. 12. I think it was pretty clear that Capaldi was not a very, and again, it was not his fault. He was not given nearly as much, I think, as the other iterations of the doctors were. Yeah. Sounds as, like it was and, the writing. The he writing. Was given yeah. dollar store meat. Everyone else got filet mignon. What oh, is this? I was so committed to this. Is what made me so mad because I was like, everyone like, Hoovy and we had just finished. We whatever. had just finished painting our basement yeah. like Tardis blue, 
And then well, Capaldi happened. Well, like Capaldi, <laughs> <laughs> and Gate, Hoobie and like Gatekeepers, or whatever, or the the OG Doctor Who fans, um, because New Who actually had started gaining popularity and steam and everything. And I just remember hearing about, oh yeah, you say you're a fan of Doctor Who, you just think the Doctors are hot. You're not going to watch anymore because the Doctor is an old man again. And I was so determined to be like, no. But I couldn't, I, I just, it, I hated it so much. I mean, it's the, it's, it, it is had nothing to do with, because honestly, Capaldi could get it. Like, yeah. he can't. <laughs> He's an attractive man. I had, I had nothing against Capaldi. It was just. Yeah. I would swap eyebrows with him any day. Yeah, macaroni <laughs> a pot, sir. Macaroni <laughs> a pot. <laughs> <laughs> okay well how about is 13 Aaron is that better for you <laughs> gosh I don't okay first of all he's got to be somebody's favorite because like I see people cosplaying 12 all the time so I try to remind awesome myself outfit. he does yeah. have great there costumes. are a lot of people who really ship him and Claire and really love that relationship. And it's been come out. That. It's come out it, that but... they are canonically a romantic relationship, apparently, according to Capaldi and Jennifer Coleman have both said that. I don't see it, but I also generally get annoyed with romantic pairings between the doctor and companions. But I'll shut up. And... Yeah, I, I don't. That. That's weird. Um I don't know. I mean, I, it's got to be somebody's favorite. I feel bad because, like, even like the worst thing in the world is somebody's favorite somewhere. So I try not to judge. Like, <laughs> um, he did great with what he was given. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're not trying and to there's, yuck anyone's yum. We're not there's good that. episodes. Just... There's like a lot of really good episodes in there. Just as a whole, the time period was not my favorite compared to the other options that we have. We'll say that. Yeah. Any opinions um, standing our own, none connected to the Hoovers, who's just right. us rambling. <laughs> As don't, get Aaron. Aaron yeah, don't get mad at Aaron. Yeah, don't get mad at Aaron. These are not her opinions. Aaron's yeah, like, I she, don't even go here. Yeah, she let these monkeys run loose and we're just doing with it what we can. Uh-huh. I know. Yeah. Like the warning okay. I got about doing a Star Trek episode, I got so many warnings about that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Aaron, what about the 13th? So the 13th, I think it's worth noting the change in pretty much everything, the leadership, the doctors, the companions, everything changed, um, with the 13th doctor and even the way they were filming it, they started filming, filming like movie type, I guess you can tell just by the first episode, even everything looks different and I was excited um about the 13th doctor not necessarily because it was a woman which everyone was just losing their minds over good and bad angry dudes on the internet whatever but I was excited kind of just to move on to another doctor I wouldn't have cared who it was but I was excited to see what was next um, and what was going to happen. And I think, like I said, the showrunner, Stephen Moffat did a great job. Um, One thing that really got me with the new uh, seasons with the 13th doctor was the music. I didn't like the music as much. And I think that's a 
big part of the older seasons. Um, I think Murray Gold's music is like some of the best music in any shows. Um, you can just listen to that soundtrack. And I don't even really like, I don't know what you call it, classical instrumental type of music, but I'll listen to the soundtracks all, all day long. Um, but I do like the 13th Doctor and her companions, I think, are fantastic. Um, the three of them in the combination and uh, like the interactions that Graham and Ryan have together and how badly he wants him to call him grandpa. And and then at the end, um, they do finally realize that they are a family. Um, there's some really good episodes in there and I think it's evolving really well, uh, compared to some other seasons that didn't really go go anywhere i think the woman that fell to earth the first episode of the 13th doctor is really good and it is made as like a starting point um but aaron don't you dare start watching there start watching with the fifth doctor (laughs) don't do it okay i promise i promise (laughs) i won't do that there's a a website that tells you the best kind of on-ramps to doctor who and it's like there's Obviously, there's number nine. There's one in the middle of ten. Yes, and I don't know. I don't know if it's blink. Yeah, blink might be the on ramp. The blink. And then, and then eleven was set to be able to be a reboot to start with eleven, as well as thirteen. Yeah, I always tell people to start with season five because the beginning of the eleventh Doctor is kind of a good beginning. It's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, the season start with season five, Um, but. I think uh, that the episode with the Kerblam was really good. It was silly, but it was also serious. Um, the writing is pretty good. Uh, so far, I like it. Um, I do like the Fugitive of the Jadoon because I just like the Jadoon. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the other doctor uh, in there is an interesting storyline that I hope they get back to some at some point. That we see more of whatever's going on there. Yeah, I'll stop there. There's, <laughs> yeah, I'll stop there. And Marty. So I, I think I have a slightly different perspective on the thirteenth. I think Jodie Whittaker has been awesome, but for the three other Hoovians on the call, sorry, Aaron. <laughs> the, the. The big, I almost said release, the big announcement, the big reveal, that's the word I was looking for, of who the 13th Doctor was, when, like, how that was a worldwide televised event. I I had been trying to get uh, my oldest daughter into Doctor Who somewhat successfully, somewhat unsuccessfully. So we were just popping around to, like, favorite episodes of mine so I could get her hooked. And it was kind of working. I'm like, all right. They're going to announce who the new doctor is. It it was like 11 o'clock our time. And at the time she was 10 and thankfully Meg was already asleep. So I'm like, just come back downstairs and watch quietly. And so we're sitting there. Since it was 8 PM. Let's be real. That when I was asleep, (laughs) you were asleep at eight. The reveal was at 11. That's why I got away with it. And, And it was the first time ever her daughter was quiet. So we're sitting there at like 11 o'clock at night waiting for this reveal. And it's like a 90 second little clip. 
and the hand opens up and I'm like, oh, it's a woman's hand. And the TARDIS key appears and she pulls back her hood and you can see that kind of chin shoulder length blonde hair. And our daughter, who is blonde, had just gotten a haircut to that same length. And we both snap to each other. And at the same time, we say, she looks like you. And uh-huh. that hooked her from that moment forward. Mm-hmm. She's like, I have to watch it. I have to figure this out. I, you tell me. You guide me. Just go. I'm in. Let's make it happen. So obviously that holds a very special place in my heart. Uh, I think she's done a really cool job. I think like a lot, like a lot of doctors, that first season is like, okay, got to find my footing. Who am I in this thing? Uh the companions with the 13th doctor have been really, really cool. Just like Aaron said, the whole like family dynamic and, you know, each doctor has their, their kind of, uh, catchphrase. Eccleston had fantastic, uh, tenant had Alonzi and then Smith had Geronimo and with Whitaker, it's fam. Come on, fam. Capaldi just had grumbling and eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Capaldi. <laughs> See, that's like I don't that's think the Thirteenth much... Doctor even got like a phrase. I don't think he even got that. I think he just really kind of got the shaft. Yeah, yeah, Capaldi. Capaldi definitely missed out in in that respect. But I don't think that was what kept it from being something likable by me. But Whitaker's Whitaker's kind of catchphrase is like "right fam, together fam," that whole family concept, and it shows through in everything. So I think they've done a really nice job tying that through to all the different characters. I absolutely love Yaz, how she's like, I can be the doctor. I like, I, I can do this. I can be the non alien version of the doctor. I love that strength from her. My favorite episodes. Uh, sorry, Meg Rosa, because I'm not even <laughs> done watching Whitaker and you're going to take the one, some of the few of her episodes I've seen. I'm going to beat you. I love you. So Rosa <laughs> is, is really good. I will let Meg explain why uh, the other episodes that I really like another two parter Ascension of the Cybermen and the timeless children, because I think that introduces a super cool new twist that we could potentially experience and then Revolution of the Daleks is a really cool uh, welcome back. And I'm I'm going to leave this slightly vague because Meg isn't there yet. But Revolution of the Daleks is a really cool welcome back to a character that everybody loves. <laughs> oh, my God. Does she not know yet? <gasps> no, no, no. I don't know yet doesn't. either. No one tell me. Oh, my God. Me. Can you film her when she sees it? <laughs> I need to see that. I, I, I feel like I really, really should. Yeah, that's a great point. And I just love that story about your daughter. That's that's so awesome. That's so great. What a great story. Well, like as a parent, you look for ways to, you know, to kind of share and identify with your kid. It's like mm-hmm. I've put all of the nerdy stuff in front of her and she's picked up on the MCU stuff. So it's like, okay, but that's not like there's not really a ton of MCU characters that she identifies with. And for it's also nice to spread her obsession out a little bit uh, so yeah. she doesn't get Our so hyper hyper focused on one thing, but <laughs> to have to have her kind of want to embody and be like someone who is good without superpowers, like 
it's just their intelligence and their love for humanity and really life of all kind. Because the doctor loves, like, he cares just about just much about aliens as he does people. To to have her really kind of anchor and resonate with something that I have found so much enjoyment in love with is something I highly doubt I'll be able to replicate in as grand a fashion. Like I'm, I'm a golfer. I love to play golf. That's how my, me and my dad ended up not killing each other that like I tried that with her. Mm-hmm. And I was like five seconds. <laughs> like, Nope, I'm not a pro. I'm like, well, all right. But to have, you know, to have her be so obsessed about Dr. Who and like the hours and hours of conversation we have had about, random spin-off tangents and aliens and stuff like that. It's if if Doctor Who never puts forward another episode that I truly enjoy, it will still have given me more than I ever could have hoped for. That's awesome. I really love that. That's awesome. And Meg, how am I going to follow that? Like he's talking he's talking <laughs> yeah, to my daughter love our like this. I love her. How about well, it you? Just, it is something that kind of shows. <laughs> This you. is why we're recording in different rooms this time. So she can't <laughs> well, kind of to speak to that, it's just having a female, having a woman play the doctor was just such a huge deal. And and you're right, Aaron. There were so many like dude bros on the internet who were like the doctor can't be a woman. And that's like who says he travels around in a in a police box that has like multiple floors and there's aliens and time travel and that's all cool. But the idea that a uh, a creature that regenerates regenerating as a woman that's the thing you can't believe He's angry just like, I don't random know, is dudes it because on the internet missy was bad and they're fine with a bad person that's like yeah. not the there's main some character. deep psychological things happening there i love you marty no offense but i feel like there's nothing more fragile than a white guy white guy like like other people seeing themselves and being represented doesn't take anything away from right. what you've already gotten. And that's I think- why Whitaker is so, so much of a favorite of mine is mm-hmm. because my daughter gets to see like almost a carbon copy of herself yeah, doing all this cool stuff that she would absolutely love to do. Oh, and she's been, she's been cosplaying. Like she doesn't even dress anymore. She just wears cosplays. It's yeah. adorable. Um, but so I, I love that. One thing I really also love about Jodie Whittaker and the 13th Doctor is the representation that we see with her companions. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just like up until now, for the most part, I mean, we had Martha and Bill as people of color. But in generally, in general, everyone else as a main companion has been white. So it's really nice with the 13th Doctor. We see um, that diversity in companions and in the cast, which is awesome. Um, and we get a little peek at a black female doctor <laughs> version, um, which I don't know anything more about than just that. I don't know if there's anything more to know that. I just saw that character pop up and I thought it was awesome and I was really excited. And I hope that's a, something that a thread that they continue to pull. Um, as far as my favorite episodes, I am only... I've only watched the first season so far of Jodie Whittaker. I didn't have a chance to catch up. So from that, I loved Rosa. I thought it was really interesting and important. Um, I felt for Graham a lot in that because so Rosa is basically um, they go back in time to when Rosa Parks 
refuse to move. And through like, there's one other, there's another alien trying to make sure that it didn't happen to change the course of American history. And they rarely, they rarely go to America in, in this show, but they did. And just I felt for Graham in the sense that they finally get, they get Rose on the bus. They need to make sure that there's enough people on the bus so that she's asked to move. And Graham has to be the guy who is a part of that history and is the guy that she's supposed to move for. And he's just like, I don't want to be a part of this. And that kind of, it was just, it was a really good episode and it's very early in her run. The woman who fell to earth was awesome. Um, I really liked the witch finders <laughs> with the mud people. I, 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 it sounds kind of morbid and weird, but I love true crime and one and stuff like that. And the Salem witch trials and just general witch trials are a historical event that I find horrifying and fascinating at the same time. So I really like that episode. Um, and the only other one, I yeah, I mean. The Demons of Punjab was good, and that was sad. And we learned more about Yaz, and I love Yaz. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it, except to say I was really excited that she came back and brought a lot of the joy and levity and the balance that mm-hmm. we're so used to seeing from the Doctor of being fun and making a Sonic out of spoons. <laughs> and... Yeah, and Marty has that one too. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah. All right. And Susie. To you, Susie. <laughs> yeah, I just like I just I, I want to say really quick, like Marty, your story of how like your daughter really identifies with Jody's doctor and how it, it helped get her excited to like start this this dive into this new nerd dub. I think it's it's really amazing and it's really beautiful. And I tried so hard not to cry while you were talking about that because I was like, oh, no. I was Same. like, don't do this. <laughs> breathe oh oh god it's just it's so sweet and it's awesome and it's like it's one of the main reasons why I was like I was fighting bros on the internet I was like this isn't this isn't for you everything <laughs> is for you and this one thing this one thing is for us so shit your piles and enjoy when you talk about all those all those crying moments like one of my when when i need a a good cry one of the things i'll do is i'll go and i'll watch the reaction videos of that that reveal of jodie whittaker becoming the doctor and like all of the ladies are just like finally like you can see the relief like wash (laughs) over them and just the joy hit them like in waves because they're like, oh my god, it's real, and and like there's just like level upon level upon level of realization. It was such just a like, big deal. Yeah, yeah. Even, and like, it was even I awesome. knew it was coming, and I still cried. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> like another little girl is gonna grow up and just like be just affirmed and just validated and feel like amazing to see themselves represented on screen maybe not only in the doctor but also in their companion and one of her companions is yes who is a woman of color of of indian i think descent 
Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and she's so smart and capable. And it's just like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing for, for any little kid who watches this with either their parents or later on down the line, they're going to be like, I'm represented in this piece of media too. And that well, is amazing. And not even just that. Yes, it's Muslim. So to see a yeah. uh, dark skin Indian Muslim hero is such a big, it's, it's something we unfortunately just don't see. Oh, it's amazing. Listen, if you don't like it, and if you don't like any of Jody's like seasons or, or her run as a doctor, just go watch what you do like and <laughs> leave people to enjoy what they like. Okay. Just, just going <laughs> to put that out there. All right. Just, um, oh, God. Everyone said like episodes that I really like. <laughs> like, I really, like Women Who Fell to Earth. It's, it's kind of her banding together her kind of like coming into contact with her group of companions which was a departure from like originally the doctor most times only has like one or two never as much as like three constant ones throughout like a few a couple of series um oh spyfall really really enjoyed like the spyfall two-parter not going to spoil it for anyone but we do get like an introduction to the master in that and it's 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 fun it's it's really good just gotta you gotta get a reaction to that too (laughs) um uh, there's nikola tesla's night of terror um that one i that was a really fun watch and it only like reaffirmed for me that if i ever like there was a question on the internet some time ago where someone said if you could fight any historical uh person who would it be and why and i'm like oh and just thomas edison is just one of those people like it's on site i'm throwing hands i don't care (laughs) i'm gonna get you i would pay the 35 cents i have in my bank account to mess you up just saying it like i need those 35 cents but i i would still spend them like um yeah and it's most recently the haunting of villa diodati 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 i hope i said that right (laughs) (laughs) but they but anyone who knows they just like the the fam goes back in time to meet like mary shelley and it's also a really enjoyable episode as well which also kind of like lays the groundwork for the ending of that series so that's good they're like but just i can't wait to see what what new stuff comes around like everyone has mentioned before there's that peak of the fugitive doctor who is a woman of a black woman a woman of color and i just like i really hope that either they bring her back at some point in the future with a more like um drawn out role give us more elaboration or maybe even make her the new uh reincarnation or regeneration of the doctor when jody decides to like step away or anything of the sort i think it'd be really awesome to just continue that progression of progressiveness jody whitaker's last Mm -hmm. like she said is that confirmed yeah she said that 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 so but yeah. and and they do such a good job, the writers, of weaving stories together for years. So it'd be really interesting if the fugitive doctor is like we yeah. they do a reincarnation or uh, regeneration yeah. of regeneration. her. Yeah. yeah, regeneration of her. Shh, quiet. 
<laughs> yeah, I would love it if and they did that. And weave it back like... to how she becomes the fugitive doctor. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, have have Jody's regeneration be that point that kicks back to the fugitive doctor, and then follow from there going it's forward. That would be cool. To that point, yeah, awesome. I really love to see that. And I just want to tag on with the representation thing with having um, the doctor be female is, and since it will have already aired by now, I know we talked a lot about that in our interview with the directors of Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street, and about how important it is to see yourself. And uh, one of the directors, Tyler, you know, I was saying, you know, you'll have people say, it doesn't matter. It's not that important. Who cares? Or if you just see it a little bit, that's okay. He's like, that's privilege. And that is privilege. If you are able to say that, that means that you see yourself constantly, you know. And so it is very, very, very important. I say it all the time on this podcast. It, every single human being deserves to see themselves on screen as a fully fleshed out human being, not just like a caricature. They deserve to see themselves. So I just loved listening to all of that. That was just really beautiful. So I just want to add that in. Well, and we didn't even really, I'm sorry, we didn't get to touch so much on Bill, who, one of the reasons I loved her so much was that she didn't have any romantic interest in the Doctor. Um, she was also a black woman and a lesbian. And that was, that's rare, too. And and that's not something we see very mm-hmm. often on Doctor, on Doctor Who, or just in anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it wasn't the only part of her. And the and. And her personality wasn't so intrinsic, intrinsically tied with the doctors that she couldn't exist without him mm-hmm. as a part of her. And I feel like that's kind of a trap a lot of companions kind of wound up falling into. When And we'll talk about the companions, so I'll shut up. Yeah, yeah that's what we're going to move on to now, <laughs> is we're just going to talk about the companions. So, Aaron, if you just want to give your overall thoughts and then who your favorite is. <laughs> oh, Lord. Everybody knows my favorites. Eamon and Rory will say that. Um, They've done such a great job with the companions and complimenting the doctors so well. Even even the 12th doctor with Bill, I think they realized it and they were like, we need this companion to do this thing. And they, they managed to do that. But again... Amy and Rory and like their dynamic with each other um, independent of the doctor being around, I think is so great. And I love that we get to see that uh, with them and like the episodes. um, What is it? Let's kill Hitler where we get to go back and kind of see their little romance and uh, naming their daughter after their daughter. (laughs) So great. Um, but all of them, I really like Donna because just the comedy aspect of the, the those two together, um, like it gets a little slapstick at times, but I, I love it. Um, I think Martha is really underrated as well um, because she was another one that was, she's, she is a doctor and she was a smart, independent person on her own. And I kind of don't love that they put that whole, she had a a crush in the doctor thing in there. Again, I don't, I'm with Megan. I don't like whenever the doctor and the companions have some sort of romantic interest. It doesn't make sense. And it seems totally unnecessary to me. Mm 
but um I also like some of like the not uh, official companions companions like whenever they travel with River or Jack um and then the bringing the family members in um Wilf is like one of the <laughs> best secondary characters like he's just everybody's grandpa he's so sweet uh, <laughs> yeah. I love him so much he's so so nice and when he's the in way, the box the, <laughs> the way he treats Donna and um the him and the doctor seem just to be like old souls together um and even um Brian Rory's dad is kind of um one of my favorites as well because it's just he's just so cute um, I, I really do like the all the the family members of like the companions being incorporated in there. Even Jackie. Even Jackie. <laughs> oh my god. Jackie. oh. Jackie's great. Oh. Mickey the idiot. Oh. Yeah. I really Mickey. love how like... I I love that Mickey and Martha end up together. Yeah. yeah. That's oh. that's perfect. They're so good. Um, but yeah, Mickey and Jackie. And Marty. Yeah. The companions are awesome. You know, we've talked a lot today about how the doctor themselves is a pendulum with their emotion. And I think the companions for the most part are the ones that provide the balance when that pendulum swings really hard one way or the other. And I think most of the time the companions have done an amazing job of that we talk about Eccleston being kind of crusty and gritty coming off the time war Rose being as she calls herself a chav you know who just works in the shops you know she is able to lighten him and you know it it takes a step further with Tennant and with Martha and Donna I I love Donna the downside of introducing your children into doctor who is that they take on some of those traits. And right now our 12 year old is a miniature Donna. So like anytime you ask her to do something, it's boy. Like, yeah, yeah that's not oi to us. Like that, that's, oh, I love it. that is, it's that amazing. is not a child to parent conversation. That's sometimes. adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it, it shows that different people are going to attach to different things. And I think, it's really hard. Like, this is the one that I couldn't think of. Like, I don't know who the favorite is. Amy is awesome because she is powerful and in, in her own independence. I think Yaz is really coming up strong as one of my favorites because she's just like, why do we have to wait around and wait for her to save the world? Like we have plenty of tools that can help us save the world. And I'm really excited to see how much that extends, but I can't feel, I don't feel like I can fully weigh that storyline because it's not completed. Um, River's not a companion, but she's my favorite character overall. Uh, Martha is extremely underrated. Both by the doctor and by the audience. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ding, ding. I think I just have to kind of like close my eyes, spin, and I guess I'm landing on Donna. <laughs> but they're, they're, and I think it's because for me, 
I like things that are comedy. And I think Donna, Catherine Tate, the actress, really, really flexes her comedic chops. She is so good at balancing and timing and stuff like that, that I, yeah, just because she plays more towards the style of entertainment that I like more. That that's the sole reason, not because she's a better actress or anything like that, just because she embodies the thing that I like to watch the most. And that's funnies. Yeah, well, and she and um, Tennant had such amazing chemistry together, and I think she is one of my favorites because it's again, there's not a romantic kind of entanglement between her and the Doctor. They're well, both kind of low key so, grossed out puts, by the thought. <laughs> she, yeah, she puts that energy out there. Whereas, like, so much of the time, it's the doctor. It's like, I can't be with you. I'm going to live forever. You're just going to get old. Where Donna's just yeah. like, mate, um, uh-uh, no, no, sir. You take that to some other planet. And and how she's the one that draws the line. Yeah, that's just another one of her, you know, amazing flexes. I'm I'm done with my companion time. Take it away, Meg. <laughs> interesting because they're always like within the fandom there almost seems to be like a competition there is a competition between there's like people who have their favorite doctors and people who have their favorite um companions and there's always kind of battles going on about that i tend to be in one of the less popular battles that i was not a big fan of rose by the end of it i really liked her in the beginning um by the end i had i Again, it was like the romance thing that I felt kind of icky about, and and so many of her friends, so many like Rose fans, were like, "Oh my God, Rose had such a terrible end," and blah blah blah. And I feel so bad for her. And I'm just like, "What are you talking about? She had the best ending. She got everything she wanted. Let's talk about poor Martha, who had to follow that, and just kind of like live with the dregs of the Doctor and pick up the pieces of that whole." thing um donna who i won't tell her ending as far as spoilers goes but broke my damn heart and i love donna so much i love her chemistry with tenant i love Catherine tate i think they're amazing the pawns i have to say are probably my favorite companions because they set amy up to be basically like this fangirl of the doctor She's the girl who waited and she tells everyone about this imaginary man and fish fingers and custard and all this stuff. And everyone thinks she's crazy. And she does get a little bit kind of crazy when she finally sees him again. But to watch her evolution and her, everyone assumes that she's in love with the doctor, but she has her husband Rory and to see her relationship with the doctor versus her relationship with Rory is such an interesting thing to see because, you know, obviously when push comes to shove, she's going to pick the doctor or Rory. She's going to pick Rory. And I love that so much. I love that you can that have scene was amazing. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's just one of those things. And, and she does it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, and they always try to like throw these little tidbits out there. Be like, well, maybe her and the doctor do have a little thing going on. And it always comes, it always circles around to Rory is the love of her life. And she will do anything for Rory. She'll do almost anything for the doctor. <laughs> but not quite. So and I love that dynamic with the three of them. And you really kind of see that. And I can't remember the name of it when she's like they're in the dream state and she's pregnant and and she has to make all these choices. And I love that. Um I think I've made it kind of known my feelings about Clara. <laughs> 
I I feel bad about not liking her at all, but I really just I I didn't at all. So yeah, River and Jack aren't companions, but they're one hundred percent worth a, a mention because they are both amazing. The way both of their storylines wrapped up was fantastic and made me full of feels. I like the new companions, Graham, Gaz, and Ryan. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I, I love that dynamic. I love Marty or Aaron. One of you talk about like the family aspect that comes along with it. So, yeah. And yeah, Martha really got the shaft. <laughs> she deserved so much more. I wish he had dropped her back off with Shakespeare. Her and Billy Shakes. <laughs> her and Billy Shakes could have had some fun. <laughs> he seems handsy. I don't know. <laughs> she was kind of into it, except she's married. <laughs> She's like, I know for a fact you have a wife in the country. Who's <laughs> also named Martha, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Susie, what about you? Wasn't Shakespeare's wife named Don Hathaway? <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's something that like You're cracks right. me up every time I remember. And then someone out there put out a theory that, like, what if his wife is a time traveler? And when they asked her her name, she panicked and was like, Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Which I just think is funny, and I'm just going to refer to that from now on. Uh, yeah, it's no secret. My favorite companion is Donna Noble. She is, oh, I really, I'm just going to sound like a broken record. I really love her interactions <laughs> with, with Tennant and like this kind of like sibling energy that they have and how they can are able to like riff off of each other and there's that whole and again it's like everyone has mentioned before how she's like you're not gonna met with me sunshine she's like i mean i'm here for some fun i want to travel i want to have a good time but Oy, space man. <laughs> <laughs> like i think it's in the fires in pompeii one when he's like it's not when he tells her, I don't want to save people. We can't save people. This has to happen. It's a fixed point in time. She goes, Donna, human, no. Just like, no, we're going to save someone. Even if it's just like one family, we're going to do this thing. Come on. And it's, I, I really like it. I think it's really great. And she's, Catherine Tate has so, so much like comedic chops and really good chemistry with like I think at a certain point she even makes Jack Harkness and I would have loved to have seen her interactions with him like a more in-depth one that would have been amazing because you know they would have gotten along really well <laughs> and uh, I mean I liked Rose because again she was like the first companion I ever I ever met and I think it was really good like her whole arc with the doctor and how it carries over into his new regeneration and that was like the first ever kind of experience that I had with that because I didn't know that people that companions were able to cross over into regenerations I thought it was just kind of like one and done so to kind of like see that come around and even having like the one-off companions like like Mickey and her mom and such like something else that I love about Eggleston seasons too is that it's such like a time capsule of like the fashion and everything (laughs) during that time like (laughs) Jackie's hair and makeup I'm like oh that is so early to mid 2000s it hurts oh oh." 
But and even like Rose with the something that always gets me about Rose is the spider eyelashes. <laughs> How the mascara is just caked on there, and I'm like, oh. When you're watching it in high definition, you're like, this hurts, but okay. <laughs> well, I love how the companions are all like, me and the doctor, and their families always, like, are at best wary of this they're, rando. Like, you, like, with Martha's family, like, her sister and her parents are like, are you sure you should be with, like, he doesn't Except seem her safe. Brother. Do you want to yeah. like, eh, go get it. That's fine. He's like, it's, like, it's like, it's like, I like, saw I'm you sure? an hour ago, and you've aged 14 years. What happened? <laughs> Commutes, man. That commute is a killer. <laughs> Anyone who's sat in traffic will know. Oh, <laughs> it's it's that um it's again. I, fast lane. Yeah, <laughs> and I I gotta agree with Meg. I don't care for Claire. <laughs> I don't. When she got introduced as a companion, it was so hard to watch Capaldi's season. Like I had a oh god no, <laughs> it was it was painful. I'll admit it. Like the last couple episodes that she was in, I just kind of fast forward it because I wanted it to. I wanted them to rip the bandaid off. <laughs> I was ready to move on. <laughs> I was just good to go. And little Amy and Rory, it, they're just kind of like they're good. <laughs> I don't know what I can say without going into too much detail or saying what's already been said, but having like Jody Whittaker's Doctor Fam, I love how in the beginning she's like, "Okay, let's should we, should we say Squad? Should we say Squad? Okay, is this what they're saying? How about Fam? Does that no, oh, it's not right, but we'll use it, Fam. Okay, all right, Fam. And it's like it's so good how they just kept building on these characters and how everyone is able is so capable outside of the doctor and is and is more like willing to to kind of like do more things than the doctor is or how even there's like some hesitancy like something that I've seen with Ryan is he's a lot much more hesitant to do things but it's so good to have Graham and Yaz are with him because they kind of help pull him through and say like no we can do this like don't be so has don't be so hesitant we got this we can do it you don't need to 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 behave this way but yeah I just the companions are like the very humane human aspect of the series and they really helped us learn more about the doctor and bring them more down to earth I feel so yeah I okay well i know meg and um susie when they helped me put together this outline both said there were a couple of episodes we should talk about aaron and meg start with you aaron your thoughts on the episode blink no don't blink oh vincent i'm sorry (laughs) yeah vincent the doctor they are both excellent episodes but vincent the doctor is my um maybe my favorite episode i go back and forth but um it's so sweet and it's gosh i don't even know how to describe it properly but um it's right after um you know rory kind of what disappears i guess and amy is a little bit sad 
and um, the doctor's being super nice to her to try and cheer her up and she doesn't know why and um, it's it's Vincent is just played so wonderfully um, by Tony Curran mm-hmm. and um, that's one of my favorite cosplays um, doing Vincent Van Gogh I think it's really great at the end whenever they take him to the museum and he sees all of his work and he starts crying and then I start crying and I will never not cry at that scene if I watch it a thousand times. So that's definitely, definitely um, tied with that and the first episode of 11 of um, the 11th doctor. Those are my two favorites of all time. Yeah. Vincent and the doctor is one of the, like, it's one of the, episodes where if someone was like all right give me one episode of doctor who that i should watch um i think that might be the one i would give them because it has it's okay as a standalone we don't it's it's great actually as a standalone it doesn't really do anything necessarily in the overall story um we know that amy's upset and she does upset about something and she doesn't know what because of what happened previously and just the, I I can't even, I, I don't even know how necessarily to explain it. It's just such a beautiful episode. And they go and they, and they go back in time and they basically, they hang out with Vincent Van Gogh or Van Gogh, as they <laughs> say, as they say there. Um, and it's just, you see how, tortured this man is but how amazing and beautiful and wonderful he is and to do such a wonderful job portraying how he sees the world and to put it in writing when he talks about like look at the sky it's not dark and black and without character and he and he explains what the world looks like to him and then we get it called back later when they bring him back to see that because all through the episode he's been we all know Vincent Van Gogh was not successful in his lifetime and we go back when we see him he's being berated and and no one will take his art for payment because he wants beer basically um so they bring they basically bring him to a museum to see the impact that his life's work has had on the world and that one scene and I'm not gonna like go through it obviously but the one scene where the curator in a hundred words talks about van gogh's impact on the world is probably one of the most beautiful scenes in in television it's just so bill nye is amazing and it was such great to see him in such a quiet role too um and that was so good and then the one of the shorter kind of quotes that I take away from it, and we t- and Aaron touched a little bit on the mental health aspect, because Amy's very upset. She they take Vincent back after he hears all this wonderful things, and Amy is so looking forward to seeing all of his later works, to seeing the the rest of Van Gogh's collection from the long life he must have lived lived knowing how beloved he was, and there's nothing new. And she's heartbroken because they didn't make a difference in her mind. And the doctor kind of says, and this is a quote that I keep in my own brain. And he's just like, I wouldn't say that the way I see it. Every life is a pile of good things and bad things. 
the good things don't always soften the bad things, but vice versa, the bad things don't necessarily spoil the good things and make them unimportant. And it's something that I try and kind of keep in my brain, <laughs> too. Um, but it's just, it's so beautiful. I I don't know. I cry every single time I watch it without it. I cry every time I watch the end, <laughs> even without the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah, just a build the Bill up Nye to it. scene. Just yeah. Bill Nye talking about it and seeing Vincent, like, crying. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, and then Marty and Susie are going to talk about Blink. So, M- Marty? Blink, I think, is a really cool episode because you know, we've talked a couple times about the like the world kind of, quote-unquote, without the Doctor. Not like without, without the Doctor, but the world that happens without the Doctor there. And it's a, it's a really cool representation of that. And how even even in situations where it's like a I don't know what would you say a thirty second interaction that Sally has with the doctor like the actual interaction maybe thirty seconds long not only did it shape their lives and their own representation of the world but you know it it has an impact like what he's doing out and about and all throughout time has such a wide impact. You know, kind of, if you think about like a splash radius, it is one of the scarier episodes, which was a blast to watch with our daughter <laughs> because she was freaking out the whole time. And just in that, in that beautiful, in that beautiful act of little sisterhood, our youngest, who's eight, goes outside to play in the snow, knowing full well what episode we're watching inside. She sees her sister's head behind our big picture window and she takes a snowball and is just watching is watching the TV through the window and can see the tension build, throws a snowball at the window. And I swear to God, our oldest peed herself and say i think we had to clean the couch it was just uh chef's kiss beautiful timing like that is the ultimate little sister move and you get ten thousand extra points that was amazing don't do it again (laughs) but the the episode as a whole i think is is a really fun look at what happens without the doctor and also a an introduction, maybe not an introduction. I don't, I, I can't speak to all the older who, but it is the new who introduction to one of the coolest monsters with the weeping angels. And like Meg said earlier, they're, they're one of the best monsters because they, they let you live to death. They just send you back in time and they feed off the energy that you would have lived and so like that concept and how they use that and the quantum locking and all that stuff is just so beautiful. And I want to leave words for Susie to say. <laughs> <laughs> Susie. Yeah. So I just looked it up and it is one of the first ever appearances of the weeping angels. So yeah, to have this first introduction to this kind of like long standing like who villain is is really interesting and the episode's really good also Aaron I don't know if anyone has mentioned this to you but one of the characters in in this episode 
is Carrie Mulligan, <laughs> who, as you know, started in Promising a Woman. So she's she's Sally. She's kind of like our lead character through the episode. And she's who we experience this ride with. And also another thing is that this episode also gave us the phrase that time is... I'm trying to read the thing behind Marty. It's just, I People don't have it all memorized. assume that time yeah. is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more of like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Yeah, and that that gives us one of like that's one of the most iconic phrases I think in in Hoodum. <laughs> and it's just I think the acting in it is also it really speaks to it how like Carrie is able to carry like this whole episode essentially by herself without interaction of the doctor or his companion until like you get like bits of him now and then but most of it is just like her carrying the story forward and bringing us through these moments in time and Something that I also really liked was that, like, in her very first interaction with, like, a a consequence of the Weeping Angels' presence is her friend, I think her name is Kathy, gets taken to the past. So she doesn't know what happens to her friend until she sees her friend and she takes her eyes off her for, like, three seconds and then she's gone. But then she gets news and gets to know what happened to her in the time that has elapsed for for like for her it's been three seconds but for her friend it's been a lifetime and she gets to know about what happened and just like her reaction to hearing this news she's like what and I think it's just it's so good and also the ending is also really well because like the doctor has touched her life but now she's able to like move and forward he didn't even from know it. it he didn't even know it and yeah, then, he's, like, excuse, like, he's like, I really got to run. She's but, the one in the end okay. who helps him. She's like, here, take this. We're going to need it. And it's like, oh, it's it's really good. It, yeah, it's also one of my most favorite episodes. So, And knowing that you really like Carrie Mulligan, I would definitely recommend <laughs> that you give this one a watch, Aaron. I feel like you it's really a, it's an on into Doctor Who. That's, yeah, that's what I've heard. The... Yes, yes. And I, I do love Carrie Mulligan, especially right now. She's my, mm-hmm. my favorite right this second. So <laughs> take a <Okay>. look. <laughs> I will. Okay. Well, what we'll wrap up this very short episode doing is um, I, I'll just do a speed round and you can I mean, this off. is shorter than a lot of your episodes, Aaron. It so. is true. So I want to just do a speed round. Everybody list off. I'll give you a f- Five episodes to just speed around. Oh, crap. Or ten. Oh, okay. okay. I'm gonna be nice. Ten. Ten. I just closed off oh my IMDb. I mean, mean okay. I mean, can I just can I just read through my list? <laughs> even if it's stuff that's already been mentioned. I'll just say them really fast. Even if, if you say them really fast, go. Okay. Aaron, you re- are you ready? Okay, yes. I okay, I narrowed it down five that we didn't talk about because we've talked if I didn't mention them you guys mentioned them and you did a fantastic job because I love them all um, I don't think we talked about Father's Day um, is a really good one where Rose gets to go back and meet her father um, the doctor's wife uh, is yes. really fantastic um, I think dinosaurs on a spaceship is underrated I don't care I like it dinosaurs on a spaceship um, the Rings of Akatan, I think, was really sweet um, and had a really interesting sort of subtext to it. Um, and the Angels Take Manhattan because it makes me sad and it makes me cry, but I don't care. I'll watch it anyway because it wraps it all up. And I suppose even though 
why can't you just go back to like New Jersey and then you could see them, but whatever. Um, that's, that's my list. I'll stop. Okay. Marty go. <laughs> oh boy. Um, the tough part is naming ones that, that haven't been actually mentioned. Um, I think Meg touched on it a little bit. Amy's choice is an amazing one. Cause you get like, they keep playing on that back and forth of who does she really like? And it's like, it's Rory, the end Rory, always Rory. And the way that she just really hammers that home. I absolutely love, um, the girl who waited, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, brain.exe has failed, uh, <laughs> Death in Heaven, I think, is a really good one. That's a, an introduction to Missy. Um, what's that? That's three. Otherwise, I'm I'm just going to go back <laughs> to the introduction of River with uh, Silence in the Library and um, the Deadly Forest. Okay, Meg. Okay. Oh, gosh. So Aaron and Marty took a couple already. Uh, Flesh and Stone is really, really good. That's when we first see Eleven and River. Um, we talked a little bit about, well, it was touched on. The Pandorica Opens is amazing. Angel Sick Manhattan, Aaron, I agree. It's one of the absolute best episodes. Like I said, anything with Weeping Angels, I absolutely <laughs> love. Um, the Girl Who Waited was another one <laughs> that Margie went and took. Um, you can have The Girl Who Waited. I'll take The Big Bang. I cry <laughs> at that one every time. Oh, <laughs> Um, I liked, I thought Turn Left was really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, Gridlock, we we touched on it just a tiny bit, but Gridlock gave me a lot of feelings. There are so many of the Christmas specials that I absolutely love that we didn't really talk too much about um, because they're kind of in their own little universe. When you watch Doctor Who, it's like you get the episodes and then you have to it used to be you have to go somewhere else to find the Christmas episodes. <laughs> like you couldn't watch them all in order. Um, and I think it was the victory of the Daleks. I thought was fun. I like Dalek episodes too. And yeah. And the sound of drums and, and the sound of drums with the master mm-hmm. was a really, really good one. And I'll just stop now. See, at least, see, I'm not alone in my obnoxious nerdiness. I'm Marty's here to prove that I am not by myself. Hey, that's part of what this podcast is for. So it's fun. <laughs> Both can be obnoxious. Everyone can be obnoxious nerds. Um, Susie. <laughs> oh, everyone said, okay, what hasn't been said? Mm, well, there was gridlock, also a really good one. We get more of an well, more of a peek behind like the world of who and it's mostly like different characters in that episode. It's really good. Um, face of Bo- oh, don't you get me started on Face of Bo. We'll be here another hour. Um, <laughs> I love how Aaron wasn't didn't think this would be a long episode when after we were done with the 100 episode, just you and me talking to her about Doctor Who it was like 30 minutes. Was, was 30 minutes to an hour of just Susie <laughs> and I. own episode. Just, like, just us, I wasn't even episodes. listening. I was doing something. <laughs> and this was without her reining us in. This is us reined in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Husbands of River Song, again, with the like 30 <laughs> year night, 30 plus night. This <laughs> is really fun. Uh, Fires of Pompeii. First kind of like... It's it's fun like watching those episodes back and knowing that one one of the 
one of the guest stars in that episode then becomes a doctor and another one then becomes a companion. I think that's really fun and really sweet. And also the interaction that Donna has with the with the locals. She's like, oh, what happens if I speak Latin? Because something that the TARDIS does is that it automatically like translates every language into English. Yeah. And she speaks Latin and everyone's like, what are you talking? What are you saying? She's like, I'm sorry, we don't speak Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> yeah. And Midnight, um, that one, that episode is also one of my favorites because it can show how quick people can turn against one another when there's a perceived threat and what mm-hmm. the things that they're willing to resort to to get rid of said threat. And the threat is never even seen in the episode. But I think it's also really good and it like it really affects the doctor and the viewer, I feel. And I just I can't remember. I just I don't even want to ask. There's this one thing that kind of talks about what is amazing for their continuity in this show. I don't remember what the episode is, but there's one of them where everything is falling apart and we see the doctor the 11th doctor go back to the time of angels and ties the story with him and Amy and how Amy kind of got through that with the crack in the universe. And I can't remember the name of that episode, but it's just one of the, the things I love is that there are so many the crash of the Byzantium, my dear. No, the time of, is it the crash of the Byzantium that goes back yep. to the time of the angels? You're right. That was really good, though. I'm sorry. I got. I. I just. I really want to talk about how cool that was because it's not something you even notice until you see the resolution, like a year or two later, and then you go back and rewatch it, and it's just. Yep. Yeah, it's they such... do that so much and so well. Something yeah, well, I love about the show is that it's it's so good at creating this like really large like spider web of things that are all interconnected and lead back to each other and lead towards future things and are referenced and brought back or just are put together in a in a point that makes them seem important, but then their importance is revealed later on in the future. And maybe even another regeneration. And I just it's so good. Like they do a really good job with that, I feel. Yeah, well, and they do it in a way that, too, if you don't watch it very in-depth, it's not like you feel like you're missing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Like, you can still watch it kind of as, like, a background type of show and enjoy it. Or you can watch it and get really, really invested and and really kind of see everything come together. And I feel like once you get to that, like, your first big reveal of something and you realize how many things have kind of been going previously to bring that to fruition i feel like that's what gets you yeah that's what gets you into like wanting to watch it in depth and that's part of why it takes so long to catch up because i want to actually like focus on watching it and i am not great at that anymore (laughs) that's what leads you down the rabbit hole alice (laughs) the one thread follow the bunny (laughs) well Thank you all for being on. I know we're going to have to revisit sometime and do like a part two. So talk about the monsters. (laughs) I I know. (laughs) So we'll just close out and have everyone say where they can be found. And if you want to promote anything, Aaron. Um, I am on Instagram at geek. And so that's what I do. I geek and I sew things. Um, And I don't do any other social media because I don't, I don't understand the Twitter but I can do the Instagram, so that's it. She definitely can do the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so also find my work on the at It's a Fandom Pod Instagram. 
Yes, yes. She has done, like I've said before, I'm still going to rave about it because of the fact that our impressions have gone up like over 400% since she took over. And it's just the stuff she does for the Instagram and Facebook and then putting together the little audio clips. And yeah, so I'm just going to rave about you all the time, Erin. And then Marty. <laughs> so I can be found pretty much everywhere at Marty Podcasts. Uh, I'm a big podcaster i help meg run her podcast i have one myself uh so twitter uh, i'm oh my god i'm a tiktoker now that feels weird to say as a 37 year old but teaching people how to how to do podcasts on tiktok and at martypodcast.com you're almost 38 helps yeah that's why i said 37 run. Because helps me run my podcast. (laughs) Sassy pants are back on. Okay, Meg. (laughs) Just make sure they're not the space pants. I'll put the space pants on. (laughs) Then you'll be on the couch. Anyway, um, so you can find my podcast with Carla, another one of Aaron's frequent panelists, um, at Bed Wed Behead. You can find us on Twitter at Bed Wed Behead Pod, Facebook, Bed Wed or Behead. Instagram at bed.wed.behead.pod um, or you can email us at bedwedbeheadpod at gmail.com. If for some reason you want to follow me personally, which I don't know why, but if you do, you can find me on Twitter at Wisconsinac, which is W-I-S-C-O-N-S-E-N-N-A-C-H. Susie. <laughs> so you can find my dog's Instagram at Benny underscore Pelucita. And that is B-E-N-N-I-E underscore P-E-L-U-S-I-T-A. It's a little bit inactive right now, but we're working on getting stuff on there. Me and him, more often me. He can be coerced with treats, but you know, it's how it is. Awesome. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E-April-Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. And that's the social media account you'll find me on all the time. Um, on Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest, please feel free to reach out to the show at It's a Fandom Thing Pod at gmail.com. And next week, we are going to be tackling two issues. So we're going to be talking about depictions of mental illness so that'll probably be a very very heavy heavy episode and then we're going to be talking about the male gaze in media and meg's returning for that one so that should also it probably won't be as heavy as the depictions of mental illness but it'll probably still be a heavy one so until next time remember it's a fandom thing and black lives matter Thank you again for listening to It's a Fandom Thing. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Our logo was designed by Brooke Belly with cover art by Carla Timmies. Additional research was done by Megan Archuleta. Our Instagram and Facebook content producer and creator is Erin Amos. And our producer is Lila Tafola. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe. And remember, keep that fandom spirit alive. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.